Well, good morning. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all are the 945 service. Y'all are supposed to be a little more awake than this, aren't you? Good morning. Well, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. My name is Clay, and yes, I, I, I discovered at first I was really excited because, I, uh, you know, Kyle invited me. And then when you find out, no, your wife volunteered you. How many of you have already can feel that pain? So this morning, I, I do want to come. I come as both a pastor, but also as a veteran. Thank you to the, my other fellow veterans this morning. And, and of course, you know, uh, Marines get really excited about Veterans Day because the day before Veterans Day, every, uh, any, any other Marines in the room? Come on, you got to say oorah for me. There we go. Uh, the day before is the Marine Corps birthday. So we like celebrate that thing like nobody else. I mean, we are really proud because we are indeed the few and the proud. So I'm excited to be here. And I, you were both in a series uh, called Greater. In fact, I, when I heard about this series and apparently was volunteered by my wife uh, to be here, I said, hey, we're going to do the same series with you, just walking alongside, just probably a little bit slightly different. But uh, Greater service is such a, a profound idea. It's a profound thought for us. That how do we live out this life that we're called to a life of greater service? And, and, and in, we are indeed called to that life of greater service by Jesus. In fact, in, in John's gospel, he actually tells us that each and every one of us, we will do he said greater things. And, and I'll just be honest with you. The first time I ever heard those words uttered by any preacher, I was like, I'm called to greater than Jesus. I don't know if I can live up to that thing. But this morning, I want us to find a little bit of common ground to stand on. So would you join me in prayer? Father, I give thanks to you for this amazing place, for your presence here. And we just ask that you would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are saying. Lord, we just ask now that you would help us to think through our thoughts. And Lord, I even ask that you would speak through my lips this morning as we walk out your word and discover what it means to live a life of greater service. I thank you for all my veterans. Lord, I pray for you to be with them and their families this weekend as we all remember those who have been called into a life of service and those who have served. Uh, We just pray a special blessing over them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's people said. There is something that all of us uh, that, that served, whether you served in the Army, the, the Air Force, the Navy, the Coast Guard, or the Marine Corps, and yes, there's this new thing called the Space Force. Yes, it brings laughter to me every time I hear those words uttered that we have somebody guarding space. But all of us have something in common, like you know, our boot camps are different, like the armies is about eight weeks um, and, uh, you know, the Marine Corps is about 13 and a half weeks. And uh, the Navy's, I think, is like six weeks. And, you know, so each of us, you know, we, sometimes it's hard to, to, to find that common ground that we stand on. But each of us know that when we went to this place called MEPS, that there was, a, first of all, I won't go into all the details of MEPS, but it is known as the, the, the entry point in which you step into the doorway uh, of the enlisted life, or even as an officer, uh, you have to go through this processing center. It's known as the Military Enlisting Processing Center, in that every single one of those people, at some point, they, they will stand in a room full of other people after going through all these medical exams and being found whether they are worthy or unworthy to serve in the armed forces, and they will stand at the first position of attention, and then they'll raise 
their right hand. It's called the Oath of Enlistment. And they, they swear to defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But one of the most interesting aspects of that message is, that's in there is this. that it, it also tells them that they obey the orders of the President of the United States of America. Like when we enter into this life of, of greater service as, as military members, that we, we give an oath and an allegiance and we swear that we will defend the Constitution of the United States of America, that we will follow, in fact, the orders of the commanding officers appointed over us. No matter what those orders are, in fact, yes, there are times when they tell you to jump and you don't ask the question how high, you just jump. I used to jump out of perfectly good helicopters and airplanes, not always wondering what was below below me because I had to trust that there was a reason for it. But we... We also have our, our own orders, this life of greater service. And uh, two texts that will serve as kind of our foundation is, uh, is the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, and then also in Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. Those will kind of serve as our foundation. Because there's this thing that we all have to, to understand, is that some of those orders are what's known as commander's intent. There's a commander's intent in there. And if you don't understand what that means, it means that sometimes you're not going to have the whole picture painted out for you, that you have to accomplish the mission, but there was the commander's intent. In other words, he said, go take the hill. He said, run up the hill. He said to capture a position. He said to jump out of the helicopter. Whatever the commander's intent was, he gave us those parameters. It was up to us to kind of figure that out. In fact, every Marine, uh, they go through a process of boot camp. So we go through boot camp and we don't have drill sergeants. We have drill instructors. That's a, a defining difference. So if you say you're drill sergeant, I'm going to automatically know you weren't a Marine. But there's this part that we go through called the crucible. And at the end of it, it's this 72-hour event. Uh, in fact, there's uh, 29 different team-building exercises that you conduct. And, and by the way, it's nothing funnier because 72-hour uh, event, I, I mentioned that. Six hours of sleep and two meals. And I just wanted, when I read through those stats again, I was like, I don't remember six hours of sleep, nor do I remember two meals. I remember what, you know, it was one of those moments where you, you thought you fell asleep, but you, you, you were still awake. Or I don't remember having that much sleep, to be honest with you. But at the end of that event, we all stand in line and they hand us this little eagle globe and anchor. And the first time they, they go from calling us a recruit to a Marine. And it, it is so that it builds this thing, this idea in us called this esprit de corps. And that is to say that we would have a love of God, country, and corps. A love of God, country, and core. And they did this so that we would always understand that the mission was the highest priority. That no matter what we were going through and how we were being formed, that we were to obey the orders. Because especially for Marines, they are literally known as America's 911 force. In fact, the President of the United States can send Marines for up to five days or, or even up to a week without, congregation, without the, uh, the authorization of Congress. In other words, they are literally the first in and the last out. So we obey those orders from the commander, from the commander-in-chief. And, and I want to give us some common ground to stand on as we think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus today, as we, we think about what it means to live a life of greater service. 
what it means for us to follow closely and obey God's word. Uh, that we need to learn that, that the reason, like for us as Marines, they cultivated this heart of love in us. Uh, that, that we uh, live a life of greater service. You, you need to cultivate a heart of love. If we're going to become great commandment and great commission kind of Christians, by the way, that is, that is, by the way, the bar that it is set at. Because the last words that Jesus speaks in Matthew's gospel is the great commission. And in fact, he tells each and every one of his disciples, he says, I'm authorizing you. I'm authorizing you to go and make disciples. And I find that very interesting. Jesus, in this great commission, he's authorizing them. He says, the authority is given to me, and now I'm giving this authority over to you. I'm telling you to go and make disciples. I think for some of us, we get a little intimidated by that passage of Scripture because we immediately begin to start thinking about uh, how do you actually make a disciple? Is there a recipe or is there, there some kind of program that I need to go to? And, and Jesus doesn't really give that instruction, does he? He says, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and then teach them to obey the commands. He, he gives some pretty clear instructions for us, but I believe the other parallel, the, the bare minimum that we should be doing as Christians is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Jesus, when asked that question about how to obey the commands, what are the greatest commandments? He says, love the Lord your God. And then he says to love people. And if we're just really honest this morning, how many, like if I were to ask you to say, show of hands this morning, would you say that it's easy to love God? I think most of us would agree with that. I guess we're in a room full of introverts this morning. <laughs> Show of hands, how easy is it to love God? Okay, we're going to keep working on the rest of you. Okay. Uh, but, but it's easy to love God. It, it, going to church, not hard. I mean, re- even reading our Bible and, and what does it mean to be a disciple is to, to love God and, and to cultivate this love within us and to be trained in righteousness and to walk in His ways. That's easy, but can we get to that loving your neighbor as yourself part for a minute? <clears throat> That's the hard part. I see some of you nodding your head. I mean, because if you've been stuck on the raw circle at any time for construction, which by the way, I think I texted Kyle a few months ago when I was passing the air. I was like, well, is it just me or is it Dothan always under construction? I mean, have you ever been, like, you're, you're flowing and all of a sudden, and then you're in line for, for the blessed Chick-fil-A, because it's not today, it's tomorrow. Um, for those who go to Chick-fil-A today, it's closed on Sundays. Anyway, but you get in line that someone cuts you off. Like, could you still even be that mad? But loving people is hard. In fact, I would even go on to say that we need to cultivate that heart of love because you will always invest in what you love. You will always invest in what you love. And so what do you love this morning? When, when you look at your life and, and when you're thinking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, like, how do you know what you invest? Well, we invest in kind of three basic buckets. It's we will invest our time, we will invest our talent, and we will invest our treasure. So when we think about obeying the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, where are you investing your love for God in? What are you investing it in? We always invested in our time, our talent, and our treasure. But how are we going to live out that common ground that we all have as followers of Jesus? How are we going to to stand and say that we are great commission or great commandment followers of Jesus? 
Because I'll be honest with you that loving God and loving people is spiritual warfare. Loving God and loving people together is, is spiritual warfare. It's an idea that even the apostle Paul preaches about. He says, we wrestle not against what flesh and blood, but we fight against all kinds of what powers and rulers of the air, it says. Loving God and loving people is indeed spiritual warfare. So this life of greater service means that we need to live out a life of being disciples, making disciples, and serving Christ by serving others. If you really want to uncomplicate things for yourself today, like I would say this, like what are the obstacles that are keeping you from doing those things? What are the things that are keeping you? I didn't get a chance to kind of profoundly unpack that in the first service, but I really want to talk about that this morning. What are the things that you're using today to make an excuse for not making a disciple tomorrow? Commander's intent, like when we would approach those team building exercises, we would often get a set of instructions and you'd only hear them once. This is what you've got to do to accomplish the mission. So when it comes to, are you being a disciple, I think, I think many of us would say, yes, I'm, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading God's word. I'm, I'm plugged into the right now media at my church. You know, I, I kind of half attend a small group every now and then. I'm, I'm at church. I'm being a disciple. But but the, the parallel is this, and the connection point is this as well. But are you making disciples? Because being a disciple means that you are making disciples. So what obstacle is keeping you from that this morning? What is keeping you from overcoming that obstacle? I think about this question now is this. Are you participating in building God's kingdom? Or are you building your own? God's kingdom is going to be built with or without me. But I have this amazing opportunity that I get invited in by Jesus Christ. That when I was invited into this relationship with him, that I was going to be taught the commands by the church. And that I would go myself and out and make disciples. In fact, it was really easy when I first got saved. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I was a total heathen. Some of you are like, probably like, there's no way. I promise you I was. I grew up in Panama City Beach, in Panama City Beach, Florida, in the 90s. That's all I'm going to leave it there at that. Some of y'all are like, don't act like y'all didn't know what teen night was at Club La Vila. Moving on. (laughs) And some of y'all are like, what's a Club La Vila? Do not Google it, I promise you. But the one thing I knew is this, is that I instantly wanted to share what I had discovered. I wanted to share this, the joy of the salvation that I had found in Christ because I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was a sinner. And then now I was a sinner saved by grace. And in fact, I cultivated that heart of love. It was easy for me because I, I didn't know God before then. And I certainly didn't know how to talk to others about him. But I was like, let me tell you about what I discovered in Jesus. We get intimidated when we start thinking about making disciples and we instantly begin, when I, instead of obeying the great commission, we, it becomes the great omission. Or, or dare I even say the great excuse for us. I'm too busy. I want to overcome that obstacle for you this morning. God wasn't too busy when he got a hold of you, did he? He moved heaven and earth to make sure that you knew who he was. So that you could live out a life filled with him. 
Are you participating in building God's kingdom or are you building your own? I, I think about how Jesus was teaching about the, the solid foundation. Your life is either being built on the solid foundation that is Jesus Christ or you're building it in the sand. So what happens when the, stum- the storms of life come? It says that the waters raise and it will wash away everything that you tried to build outside of God. It happens to you every single time that you try to do it. It happens to, it happens to me every time I try to build my own kingdom outside of God's kingdom, outside of His way of doing things. When I think about the Great Commission, I, I conversely always think about the, the Great Commandment that, to, that Jesus gets asked about. That living out a life of greater service, that, that he, he, he would tell us that it's to love God and to love people. And to obey the Great Commission is to obey the Great Commandment, and to obey the Great Commandment is to obey the Great Commission. In fact, Jesus is informed by uh, this passage in Joshua chapter 22 uh, that he, uh, you can see the parallels here, if we can pull that up, is it says this. It says, love the Lord your God and walk in what? All his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. That's what I'm talking about. Get some amens this morning. That's my feedback section right there. (laughs) He tells us to love God and to walk in his ways. He tells us that we have this life to live out, uh, that we are to walk with God and, and to keep his commandments. So for me, like obeying the great commission is not optional. It's a commandment. And I think so many times we, we treat the Great Commission as if it's only intended for Pastor Kyle or, or for Pastor Bobby or maybe just the staff. Notice that Jesus doesn't qualify that. He says, and teach the disciples. So if, if we follow that line of thinking that we ourselves are one of those disciples called to obey the Great Commission, I, I believe that we are called to be Great Commission Christians again. Jesus, in fact, tells us that we are invited to keep the commandments that he taught his disciples. That we are invited by our great king, our great commander, the the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who who saves us. And, And by the way, if you've been living a life that says, I don't really obey the great commission, hey, there's good news. There's God's grace. It says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we can choose to serve God and to serve him only. Today is the opportunity that we have before us because these are the last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. And be sure of this, I am with you. I'm with you. I think if you want to make it a little less scary, just remember this, that the day that you decide that uh, today I'm going to be a disciple maker, I'm not only going to be a disciple, I'm going to be a disciple maker. It's very encouraging to me to know that Jesus is with me. That it's not me, that I'm not alone. In fact, I mentioned this in the first service to, to a lot of our veterans, that, that our veterans really feel alone at times. Like we get the thank you for our service, but there's no relationship sometimes. It's just thank you for your service. I would challenge you that being a disciple maker is about entering into a relationship. Being a disciple maker means living out a life of 
Greater service means that we ourselves enter into relationship with people from all nations, it says. In other words, they could even love Auburn, Kyle. They could not look like you or not talk like you or have the same level of income. Notice that Jesus doesn't give a qualification. It's the commander's intent again that we would go and make disciples. Why? Because we have something to share with them that is of great value, of great worth. So obeying the great commandment and the Great commission are are not optional, but they are the commander's intent. How do you live into that? I mean, yes, you can come bug Kyle and Pastor Bobby, like, help me understand what it means to be a disciple maker. But it really starts with just loving people. Loving people in where you work, loving people where you shop, loving, having an actual, like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the checkout line and I'm guilty of this myself. Like, I'm, I am checking out, they're swiping the groceries and I'm just doing this. It's time for the body of Christ and the member to look up and actually connect with other people. It's time for the body of Christ to get back and, and overcome even the obstacles that we are called to action That we were not called to sit on your blessed assurance this morning. For the younger generation, that's a song. It's, and move on. But we are indeed called to walk and keep and cling and serve and go. This morning, there is this amazing opportunity before you because you know, the thing about a guest preacher is, you know, I get to come once and I just get to give you a challenge and then be like, all right, Kyle, it's up to you. But it's not up to Kyle. It's up to you. Will you live out a life that says, I will be a disciple? That I will walk in his ways. In fact, we're, we're instructed by scripture that to walk by faith and not by sight. And in fact, so many of us that when we're guilty of not doing these commandments and commissioning, uh, that we, we, we tend to walk by what we see and what we feel, but not by faith. This is an area where God is telling us to trust him again. He says, I am with you. If you want to just get, get back to the basics of it, it's this. Trust God and walk in his ways. Keep his commandments to the best of your ability. Cling to him, it says. That was my favorite part of that passage, by the way. Cling to him. Stay close to God. Serve him. Serve him. I don't think Kyle or Bobby or anybody else would be, would be upset if they were overwhelmed and flooded with people that said, hey, I want to serve. Because I actually don't like that word volunteer. Jesus didn't say, be a volunteer. He said, serve. He didn't say volunteer. He said, serve. Would you serve? And then he tells us to go. In other words, there's, there's no waiting period. He says, go. I think so many times that we try to qualify ourselves like, well, I have nothing to offer. I promise you that your story has something to offer. When you enter into a relationship with people, they, you, you have something to offer because it is not you that you are offering. You are offering them Christ. To go. So therefore, go. I think about one of the heroes of my 
faith and a, not a hero in the Marine Corps or anything. One of my favorite heroes that I, I love to talk about. Because it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still serve. I, I think about Frank Healy. Uh, we, I served with him down in the, the, if you don't know where this is, that's fine. It's a place called Weewahitchka, Florida. Anybody know where that is? I know Kyle knows where it is because he served right down the road at a place called, is it Wesley Memorial? Williams Memorial. I, I was close. It started with a W. They served at Williams, like that community, uh, there was this guy named Frank Healy and he was like the lay, le- we called him the lay leader of Gulf County. Because on Sunday morning, he would serve in Mexico Beach, but he spent the uh, Sunday night with our church doing, you know, just lay speaking, sharing Bible stu- studies. And then on Wednesday nights, he would serve at First Methodist Church, Weewahitchka. And, you know, he was 86 years old. And still doing this, uh, he had been doing it since the, like, like the late uh, 60s, just going everywhere and, and serving the body of Christ in whatever capacity that he needed to do. And he had gotten sick and he was in the final stages of life. And I was actually the pastor that was kind of on call that week with him. And, and he was in the hospital. And in fact, the same morning that I was, I was coming to visit him anyway and serve him communion is another guy in our church had fallen out of a tree stand and broken his back. And he was paralyzed from the waist down. He was about 30 years old. So I go into uh, see Frank, and Frank's asking me you know, like what I was doing there besides just you know, visiting him. And I, I tell him, hey, I'm going to serve you communion. And he's got his mask on, and you know, he's really struggling for breath. And then I tell him about the young man that's upstairs. And, and with one of his final things, Frank just rips his mask off, grabs me by the hand, and begins praying. Praying over over the young man that's upstairs. And then he puts his mask back on. He says, go visit him. I'll be here when you get back. I walked upstairs. I spent about 15, 20 minutes up there praying uh, over this young man and then walking back down. And Frank had already slipped into a coma at that point. In fact, the way that I served him communion is I, we just mixed the bread and we prayed and we put it on, on his tongue. And then about two hours later, Frank passed away. But the last thing that Frank did on planet Earth was praying for somebody else. I know for a shadow of, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that the moment that man stepped out, he heard the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Friends, it doesn't matter what age you are. You are called. You are called to serve. You are called to step up. In fact, I, I really wanted to send a, a poster to, uh, to the staff team, but I, I didn't do this, Kyle, because... You know the Uncle Sam posters that says, we want you? Could you just imagine Kyle and Bobby's face superimposed on that? (laughs) Maybe next year, Kyle, maybe next year. But God is calling us to be great commission Christians. That every Sunday, then when we come to this place, like it should be burdening our hearts for the lost. It should be burdening our hearts to go out and share the message of Jesus Christ. That no matter what, that we can be that today. Let's pray. Father, we come, and maybe we haven't shared the Great Commission as much as we should have, or even lived out the Great Commandment. But here's the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And Lord, you are calling us now. You are calling us by your grace just to obey you again. Help us to trust you. And to know that you are with us. So Holy Spirit, empower us to live out 
to live out the, both the great commandment and the great commission today, to find that common ground that all Christians share in. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm.